0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Something To Noodle On. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about my adult diagnosis of ADHD. I was diagnosed back in 2019, and the more and more I talk about my own experiences, the more I learn of others being diagnosed later in life or feeling like maybe they have ADHD too. But does it feel like everyone has ADHD these days? Is TikTok to blame? I mean, if you ask WebMD anything, you're just going to self-diagnose yourself with cancer, but is TikTok and other influencers sharing their own life experiences, making it feel more relatable and having us think that maybe we have a mental health condition too, whether it's ADHD, autism, narcissism, or any other isms, it feels like the more information we learn about these topics that maybe some of these traits that we thought were just quirks are inside of us too. I don't know. Let's dive in. I wish I had known growing up that I had ADHD. Unfortunately, I lived in a household where my mom doesn't believe in ADHD. She says it doesn't exist and believes that it's the result of bad parenting. So, in her mind, admitting that I have ADHD would be admitting that she was a bad parent. That's a whole other thing to unpack, but now that I'm 32, looking back at my childhood, the writing was on the wall. How did she not see it? How did I not see it? When I was little, I almost failed first grade. For a multitude of reasons that I'll get into, but it's important to mention that my teacher, Miss Madison, had to move my desk to the corner of the room away from the rest of the students because I guess I was distracting them. I'll be honest, I don't remember ever distracting anybody, but I do remember being a little aloof when I was younger. Maybe even now, too, but when I was younger, I would make these paper dolls and I would draw really, really long hair on them and give them haircuts at my desk. I would draw constellations on my arm connecting all the little freckles into a beautiful little drawing. Coming from kindergarten, where we just played all day, I didn't exactly grasp the concept of homework. It wasn't until a parent-teacher conference in the spring of 1997 that Miss Madison informed my mom that if I didn't turn in my homework for the year, I would have to repeat first grade. Now, you heard that correctly. I did say for the year. I didn't fill out a single worksheet of homework for months and months on end. If we did it in class, sure, I did it, but if it was take home, that shit went right in my desk. I had hundreds of pages of math problems, vocabulary, reading comprehension. I remember sitting at my desk at home and doing worksheets for hours every single day, crying because I didn't understand how to do them, mostly because I just didn't pay attention in class. It was rough. I honestly think I remember my mom having to jump in and just telling me the answers because it was taking me so long to do them. I remember staring at the wall and playing in the drawers of the desk, doing anything else but the task I was supposed to do. I fully knew that if I just did the 10 sheets that day, I could go play, but my brain just wouldn't let me do it. And that continued on into my school age years. I always liked going to school because it meant I got to see my friends and hang out and play at recess. School for me was social time, not a time to learn. My mom's boyfriend at the time, Dana, I think he saw potential in me that I knew how to do the problems, I just didn't want to do them. And so he incentivized school with money. So if I did well on my report cards, I got 20 bucks for every A. That next semester, I turned my report card all the way around, because then my job was being a student, and if getting good grades meant I would get paid more money, then I wanted more money. But now that I was doing my homework, doesn't mean I wasn't showing signs of ADHD. As each school year went on, I remember things written in my report card like, great student, but seems a little spacey, or loves to learn, but is always looking out the window. By the time I was in fourth grade, I wasn't allowed to sit near a window. My desk had to be in the front row where the teacher could keep an eye on me to make sure I was still paying attention. I so desperately wish the possibility of ADHD was raised when I was younger. Heck, maybe it was and my mom dismissed those claims and never got me tested. I mean, after all, back then we attributed ADHD traits to boys who can't sit still and are disruptive in class, but it presents itself differently in girls, which is why I think they caught it in boys more often than they did females. Had I known my struggles in school as a kid were not because I was stupid, but because my brain thinks just a little bit differently, things would have been so much easier. Many people with ADHD experience shame or guilt around certain tasks. It's like if we aren't doing it the way society wants us to, then we must be doing it incorrectly. And if we're doing it incorrectly, then we must be stupid, right? I know that's not true, but it's hard to tell your brain differently when it just doesn't want to do the task. I always had a really hard time with standardized tests. In fact, they made me feel really, really dumb. I can honestly say every single standardized test I've ever taken, I don't think I've ever finished a section 100% before the time was up. I always had to fill in the bubbles as a guest because I didn't understand how to manage my time properly with the allotted questions that I had. This was especially true when it came to math. I'd often still have 15 or 20 problems left on my sheet, but had I known that I had ADHD, I could have gotten extended time as well as the option to sit in a study room by myself rather than get distracted next to my fellow classmates or staring at all the pretty inspirational posters on the wall. In my fifth grade class, we actually had the sign language alphabet up on the wall. So what would anybody who's super spacey and doesn't want to pay attention in class do? You guessed it, I learned American Sign Language. Well, the alphabet at least. A few of my friends did as well, and it was a way for us to talk in class without the teacher knowing. But because I was sitting in the front of the classroom, it was pretty obvious when I would turn around and sign a message to my friend Nicole. So why am I telling you all this? Well, when I decided to start the testing process for ADHD, my therapist had me look back at my past to see if there were signs we could point to. These stories, plus many more tests, helped us reach the diagnosis. But what if you don't have resources to confirm your suspicions of ADHD or maybe any other mental health disorders? One might turn to the internet to learn more information. During the pandemic, TikTok exploded I mean, it was popular beforehand, but when we were all bored in the house because we were in the house bored, we filled our days with scrolling social media. There was this sense of connection, like we were all going through the same thing no matter where we lived in the world. Fast forward to now, and there are various types of talks we can end up on. I'm personally on witch talk, garden talk, and space talk. It's a great way to learn new skills from other people who might not have been able to share their knowledge in a widespread format. Now, every once in a while, I'll get someone on my For You page discussing mental health. Going into what it's like living with a narcissistic parent, ADHD, learning about different mental health conditions with widely spread symptoms. It's easy to see why people might think they have something when they're being fed experiences that they can relate to. They'll mention a few scenarios that are totally relatable and then at the end tell you it's some revelation about yourself. Here, we'll take a look at one together. This one is called put a finger down. Now, if you're listening to this in the car while driving, don't actually put a finger down. Maybe put a little bit more pressure on the steering wheel. Alright, so I'm going to read you some scenarios, and if you relate to the scenario, you'll quote-unquote, put a finger down. At the end, I'll tell you what this TikToker says it means about yourself. Put a finger down if you stare at yourself in the mirror before you take a shower. Put a finger down if you make jokes about your traumatic past. Put a finger down if you zone out a lot. Put a finger down if you prefer to be anywhere else rather than home. Put a finger down if you take long showers, but really you're just standing there. Put a finger down if your room is a mess. Put a finger down if you have been using the same towel for at least a week. Put a finger down if you dress up nice one day and then look like a hot mess the next. Put a finger down if you forgot to do your skincare routine last night. Put a finger down if you still have stuffed animals and you're over the age of 15. Put a finger down if you forgot to brush your teeth yesterday. Put a finger down if you laugh when someone is crying. Put a finger down if anyone has ever asked you why you're mad when really you're just zoning out. Put a finger down if you have been cooking stuff like pizza rolls and tater tots for the past week. Put a finger down if you have useless items in your room, but you keep them around because they make you happy and put a finger down if you're still wearing makeup from the night before. Do you have any fingers left? These are all things someone on TikTok is suggesting is related to being mentally unstable. If you have a couple of these things, or even all of them, you might start to go down this rabbit hole of self-diagnosis, and before you know it, you think you're anything but normal, But what's the difference between some of these supposed unstable traits and just being part of the human condition? I mean, seriously, just because you don't feel like doing your skincare routine or laugh in an uncomfortable situation doesn't mean you're mentally unstable. Hell, if you remember to change your towel every week, I might think you're a serial killer or something. Okay, I'm kidding. Okay, maybe I'm not kidding. I don't know. Listen, I don't change my towel every week. And if you think that's gross, then screw you because I don't shower every day. And if you think that's gross, then maybe I am mentally unstable. I don't know. what. Why are you pointing fingers at me, bro? Moving on. For those of us in the ADHD community, you might have been affected by the Adderall shortage. Why was there an Adderall shortage? Well, according to Vox, it's a combination of the Drug Enforcement Agency and keeping a limit on production to limit the potential for abuse coupled with the fact that there's more demand. So to boil it down or put it simply, there is a rising need colliding with the restricted supply. But if millennials aren't having children, then why is there a rising need? In my opinion, more and more people are self-diagnosing on TikTok and then seeking guidance from their doctors to get a proper diagnosis. Because TikTok gives us a window into people's lives and they can share their experiences. We might find that someone in Sweden has the same weird quirk that you have and they mentioned it's because of their ADHD. Now you suddenly have something in common with this person and think to yourself, hmm, maybe this is me too. But multiply this by thousands of people. There are so many different creators bringing to light their own stories. These experiences get pushed into the algorithm and are being seen by thousands of people who now are under the impression that they too must have the same problem if their experiences are intertwined. I also thought this was an interesting fact from the same Vox article. It says, according to the CDC, about 6 million children between the ages of 3 and 17 have been diagnosed with ADHD as of 2019 in the U.S. alone, and that boys are twice as likely to be diagnosed than girls. It also mentions the number of adults getting diagnosed is growing as well. As someone with an adult diagnosis, is this because we finally have the freedom and money to go down this track and get tested ourselves? It seems like the majority of people I know have been diagnosed in recent years. Is it because the awareness of traits you thought were normal were explained to you as ADHD traits on TikTok and other short form platforms? It definitely makes you think. I don't want to dismiss anyone who did find out through social media that a weird quirk or something they did could be a trait of something much larger, because in a way, that's kind of what it's there for, the gathering of information. People share their experiences with others so that they might learn something from it. I like to think that no experience, no matter how big, small, good, or even bad, is wasted. Because each trial teaches you something about yourself, life, and those around you. Sharing information helps others learn from your own experiences. For me, getting diagnosed has changed my life. So if you feel like you might have some extra noise going on bouncing in your head, it's worth it to get a professional opinion. Through therapy, I've learned ways to manage my daily tasks so they don't feel so overwhelming. While I do use medication as a tool, I don't actually take it every day. Actually, most of the time I forget to take it. I only take it when my tasks start piling up and things feel like they're spiraling out of control. I'm not saying to do this. This is just what I do. The way I see it is that I don't want to be on medication. I take it just long enough to learn some really good habits, and then I'm off of it. But then when those habits start failing and things start falling to the wayside, that's when I go back on the medication. This is just what works for me and my brain. I'm digressing a little bit here. Back to the main point. Should we be using other people's experiences as a litmus test for our own diagnosis? I personally think that mental health is a spectrum. You might have a little bit of column A, one thing in column B, and nothing in column C. And doctors might still tell you that you're neurotypical. Just because some of your quirks fit into other people's boxes doesn't mean you belong in that box. Heck, I don't think anyone belongs in a box. Our brains are so vast that there really isn't one size fits all for the things that ail us. Recently, I went to a bridal shower and the conversation started getting a little deep. We were talking about social media, dopamine, and mental health. The bride's sister then shared a story of how her daughter used to be level-headed before she got her own cell phone. Now she's on TikTok all day and suddenly is coming up to her mom saying she has anxiety and depression. The woman shared with me that she doesn't actually believe that her daughter has these things, but that strangers claiming to be experts on the internet are suggesting this because she worries about school or doesn't feel the need to make her bed every morning and that means she's depressed or has anxiety. While I do think if a child comes to you with a problem, you should try within your means to see if you can resolve it rather than dismiss it, but I understand where she's coming from because to her, her daughter is fine one minute and then over the course of a few weeks feels like her life is spiraling. It's easy to relate to people and their experiences if what they are saying is similar to your own story. I just want to remind you that you are the author of yours, and someone suggesting an edit doesn't mean it fits your narrative. I think the internet can be a powerful tool to help us learn things about ourselves and others. Reading up on various conditions can help us be a little bit more compassionate to other people. This is all to say that before you jump on social media and someone tries to tell you that you have symptoms of various conditions, to maybe look a little bit further. Who is this person and are they actually an expert on the topic? I don't think we should dismiss your connection to someone's similar experience, but I am encouraging you to let the professionals diagnose you. And if your diagnosis isn't an exact match, then maybe you have a little bit more compassion about what someone with that diagnosis goes through because you have a shared experience. All right, I think that's enough brain dumping for today. I think I got out everything I wanted to say on this topic. As always, I hope I gave you something to noodle on. Before you go, I'd like for you to think about a time that you related to a stranger yourself. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. If you would like to keep the conversation going, don't forget to follow us on Twitter or X or whatever stupid Elon is calling it these days at a pod to noodle on. Until next time, bye!